Hey guys, my name is Gina, for those who don't know me. I have to do this as an assignment for one of my classes and I thought I would share it with you guys. My topic is hacktivism, so let's get right into it. Today, I'm going to talk about Aaron Swartz. If you don't recognize the name, don't feel bad. Today, I'm going to tell you all about him. Aaron was an American hacktivist, a computer programmer, an entrepreneur, a writer, and a political organizer. He was born on November 8, 1986 in Highland Park, Illinois. He grew up in a loving home of two parents and two brothers. From a young age, Aaron learned how to teach himself. He learned computer language when he was a child and at the age of 12, he helped develop the web feed format RSS. For those who don't know, RSS is a file that contains the updates of a website. So for example, the website for NASA has an RSS feed that gets updates on breaking news, image of the day, earth news, and hurricane updates, among other updates from NASA. Aaron was also involved in the early development of Creative Commons. According to their website, Creative Commons is a non-profit organization that helps overcome legal obstacles to the sharing of knowledge and creativity to address the world's pressing challenges. Aaron was the co-founder of Reddit. When Aaron was 19, he sold Reddit and became a very, very rich teenager. Aaron was deeply moved by social justice. In 2008, he founded Watchdog.net and he wrote the Guerrilla Open Access Manifesto, which in part reads, and I quote, Information is power, but like all power, there are those who want to keep it for themselves. The world's entire scientific and cultural heritage, published over centuries in books and journals, is increasingly being digitized and locked up by a handful of private corporations. Aaron downloaded about 2.7 million federal court documents stored in the PACER database. The PACER database is public access to court electronic records. The FBI got involved when Aaron downloaded these documents, but ultimately decided not to press charges as the documents were public. Aaron was deeply motivated by changing legislature. In one of his blogs, he wrote, I spend my days experimenting with new ways to get progressive policies enacted and progressive politicians elected. In 2010, he co-founded Demand Progress, which is a political advocacy group that organizes people online. Aaron was involved in a campaign that prevented the passage of the Stop Online Piracy Act which basically tried to fight internet copyright violations, but at the same time, it allowed the government to overstep their boundaries. It allowed the government to remove websites for basically the owners not being the watchdog for them. So in other words, if I were to upload a picture on Facebook and I did not have the rights to share that picture, 
the whole entire Facebook network could come offline because of my personal violation. So you can understand why this was such a big deal. Erin was uh, one of the people who fought against this bill um, quite a bit. He was very he was a strong opponent of this bill. On May 21st, 2012, he was invited to the Freedom to Connect 2012 event in Washington, D.C. to be the keynote speaker. And in his speech, he said, We won this fight because everyone made themselves the hero of their own story. Everyone took it as their job to save this crucial freedom. On September 25, 2010, he downloaded a bunch of documents from the JSTOR database. For those who don't know what JSTOR is, it's basically a, a database of scientific journals. And if anyone wants to have access to these journals, they have to pay to download the document. Sometimes uh, if you're a college student, you have access to all sorts of database through your college network, but once you graduate, you kind of lose access to those scientific journals and the information that you may need for future projects. Erin was very passionate about allowing people to access the information um, that was available online. On September 25th, 2010, Erin went inside of a closet at the MIT campus and hooked up his laptop and a hard drive to the MIT network and started downloading a bunch of documents from the JSTOR database. He got caught and got arrested shortly thereafter. At the beginning, JSTOR made a big deal out of it, but in a private settlement, they decided not to proceed with any further actions against Aaron. In 2011, uh, he was arrested for the unauthorized and bulk downloading of free articles from JSTOR uh, because he basically violated JSTOR's uh, terms of use. Despite MIT and JSTOR not pursuing any actions against Aaron, persecutors charged Aaron with 13 felony counts. Remind us uh, of the charges he was facing and, and, and tell us what the father told you about these alleged crimes. Uh, Brooke, I, Aaron allegedly downloaded millions of academic journals from MIT's network. He believed that academic research shouldn't be hidden behind a paywall. And his father said he believed he was innocent. But he did say to me, even if he wasn't innocent, the punishment of 30, facing 35 years in prison, in prison did not match the crime. 11 of the 13 charges Aaron faced were violations of the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. In January 11 of 2013, Aaron committed suicide by hanging to avoid further persecution by the government. His father really believes that had it not been for the charges and the extent of his charges, his, his son would still be alive today, Brooke. On January 15, 2013, all charges against Aaron were dropped. The next day, Ortiz issued a, a statement saying that her office did not intend to seek maximum penalties against Aaron. But then again, 
why be so harsh uh, and so determined to persecute a young person over this type of offense? So that's the story of Aaron Swartz. It's unfortunate that this story has such a sad ending. Imagine how much more could Aaron have accomplished by now. It's truly sad, but yeah, that's that's the story of Aaron Swartz. Do let me know your opinions. I would love to know what your thoughts are about this case. Uh, so yeah, leave comments in my inbox about this case. Alrighty, guys, it was fun to do this. It was nerve-wracking. And it gives me a whole new appreciation for podcasters and people who narrate stories about other people it takes a lot it takes a lot but i did enjoy it uh, i hope you enjoyed uh, listening to this podcast and hopefully i will see you in a next one bye